there. And uh, last time uh, we talked about enlisting into the army, God's army, and we talked about what that means and what it, what it takes to be uh, a part of God's army. Now, uh, if you're going to a, have a soldiers, they're going to have to have the right equipment. And uh, this is a, probably the best passage of Scripture that gives a definition of what the equipment is for fighting the spiritual warfare. Uh, and uh, so uh, we're going to talk about the equipment for the, for the battle. And uh, the verses speak about spiritual warfare. They remind us that we're in a fight. Uh, yeah, we like to uh, have recreation. We like to play, but uh, uh, the Christian life is not a playground. It's a battleground. And, uh, and it's a, a battle against a relentless, powerful enemy. We're engaged in that battle with a spiritual being who's intent on uh, our destruction. And uh, we're fighting against the enemy. The enemy hates God and uh, hates uh, us as well. The enemy wants to devour our families and destroy our testimony, to devastate our church. Uh, he wants to discredit God. And, uh, of course, this enemy, whom I speak of, is not all-powerful. He's not like God in that sense. Uh, the God we serve in First uh, John 4, 4, says, Ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Now, while Satan is intent on our defeat, the Lord is interested in giving us the victory. And the Bible tells us very clearly that in the end, God is going to have the last word. Uh, Satan will be forever defeated, banished to the lake of fire, Revelation chapter 20. In the meantime, God has provided us everything we need to stand, all of the equipment that we need for fighting the enemy. And so today we want to begin to consider the resources. And we're just going to look at one piece of equipment tonight and uh, not going to look at all of them. And uh, uh, so uh, we're going to look at uh, this uh, equipment that God has given to us. He says in of course, in Ephesians 6 and verse 10, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. And then down in verse 13, it says, wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having all done all to stand. And uh, uh, both of those verses tell us to utilize the armor in our daily warfare with our enemy. Now, the enemy is identified as Satan in verse 12. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Uh, I guess uh, in verse 11, uh, we have the devil mentioned. We're to stand against the wilds of the devil. And so this passage is teaching us that our only hope is to have the whole armor of God, now, in verse 13, it tells us to take unto you the whole armor of God. This literally means to take up. Uh, it's the image of a soldier standing amid the pieces of his armor, uh, and it, it's only a, appropriate, he has to appropriate them uh, what uh, has been proved for him. 
uh, when the take it us in verse 10, uh, or finally, my brother, be strong in the Lord, in the power of his might, put on, verse 11, uh, put on the whole armor. Uh, that's uh, in verse 11. Armor doesn't any, do any good if it's just sitting in the uh, armory. Uh, it needs to be put on the soldier. And if it's utilized properly, it will enable us to do what these verses say that we are to do. That is to stand. And so the armor will also make it possible to withstand or resist the assaults that might come in our way uh, from the enemy. So we're going to look at this first piece of equipment tonight, and that's the belt of truth. The belt of truth in uh, verse 14, Stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth. Now, the standard garment for a Roman soldier back in Paul's day was uh, was not only just uh, the various pieces of armor, but there was a loose-fitting tunic, uh, a robe. Uh, it was really uh, nothing more than a large square piece of cloth and had some holes in it for the arms and the head, and usually was worn loose, and it allowed was allowed to drape over the body. But when it came time for battle, that tunic would get in the way. And uh, some are since most combat was hand-to-hand combat in ancient times, uh, giving the enemy such a, an easy handhold would certainly mean death. And so not only that, but the robe, if left loose, would hinder the soldier's free freedom of movement. So before the battle would begin, the soldier would carefully gather his tunic around his body and hold it in place with a heavy leather belt. And so the phrase here... Uh, uh, having your loins girt about literally means to have to fasten one's belt. Now, this practice was common among ordinary citizens as well. People in that culture wore long flowing robes. And when they had to move quickly, do some physical work, the robe was, uh, was gathered up and tightened around the body so that movement would be unhindered. Now, when the Lord... Uh, would bring the children of Israel out of Egypt and gave them instructions concerning the Passover, he told them to eat it with your loins girded, uh, your shoes on your feet and your staff in your hand, and ye shall eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. That's Exodus 12 and verse 11. So that meant they were to be ready to go. Uh, The Lord uh, told his people to be ready to go as well in Luke chapter 12. Verse 35, he said, Let your loins be girded about and your lights burning. That is, they're to be ready to go at all times. And so it is with our spiritual uh, lives as well. We're to be girded and looking for the coming of the Lord. We're to be ready to go. Now, we don't wear those robes today, uh, but we are to be girded up as well. Our girding is not a physical but it's rather a mental or spiritual. And Peter said it this way, Wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind, and be sober, and hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. 1 Peter 1.13 Now, the belt uh, we wear in our spiritual battles is not a belt of leather. It's the belt of truth. 
And the word refers to the content of that which is true. And so it, we're to stand in an evil day, we're to stand in the truth. Uh, there's a lot of untruth being promoted today. And Satan would like us to believe the lies that he is, he is uh, presenting us in our lives today. When Paul speaks of being girt about with truth, he's referring to a couple of specific areas of truth. And the first one is the truth found in the Word of God. The truth found in the Word of God. Jesus said, sanctify them through thy truth. Thy Word is truth. John 17, 17. Uh, Without a working knowledge of the truths of Scripture, a child of God is easy prey for the enemy. Paul already told us there's great danger if we do not know the truth. He said in Ephesians 4, back in verse, uh, chapter 4, verse uh, 14, he said uh, that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness, whereby they lie in wait to deceive. And that's why the Lord has given us the Bible. That's why he's given us the word of God. That's why he's given us preachers to explain it. Uh, He wants us to know the truth that we might be able to stand in the evil day. Without the truth, uh, Christians, saints of God, have no foundation and they can be easily led astray. Uh, The only way to combat error is with truth. Uh, It's the devil's desire to defeat us, to destroy us, to uh, distract us. Uh, He he does this by peddling his lies. Uh, And like he did with Eve in the Garden of Eden, Satan is still seeking to alter the Word of God. He wants us to ignore the truth. And uh, he says, Yea, hath God said? Did God really say that? Or did God really mean what he said? Uh, He wants us to embrace his lies that are designed to lead us away from the Lord. Now, as I said, the only way to combat error is with truth. The only way to know the truth is to be exposed to it. And the Bible is truth. The Bible is reliable. It's accurate. Uh, It's to be read and to be believed. And those who read it and believe it will discover what you find in 1 Timothy or 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Uh, We could even say uh, in this context of Ephesians 6 that the soldier of God, the Christian who's to be a soldier of God, enlisted in God's army, uh, may be thoroughly furnished, have all the armor that is necessary. Now, those who don't uh, soon find uh, don't soon find out that they are casualties in the war between God and Satan. First Timothy four one says, "Now the Spirit speaketh expressly in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils." So the Bible is truth. It teaches us all we need to know about life. It teaches us what we need to know about death and about heaven and hell and God and Satan and sin and salvation. So it teaches us what we need to know. 
It reveals our condition before God. The Bible says, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Uh, there is none righteous, no, not one. Those are uh, verses found in Romans chapter 3. Uh, he reveals his solution to our problem. What is the solution? Jesus Christ. Uh, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. That's the solution to our problem. And so he reveals the way of salvation. What must I do to be saved? The Philippian jailer said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. Uh, it reveals us the final destiny of the saints of God. It reveals the final destiny of the lost. And so the Bible gives us the truth about these things. It's a book to be read. It's a book to be believed. It's a book to be obeyed. It's a book to be loved. And those who uh, do will be led into a, the path of life. Those who don't will spend an eternity in death. Uh, you know, if you own a Bible, you should praise the Lord for that. Because there's some of our uh, missionaries who are acquainted with people in various lands. They have no Bible. The, the people there have no Bible. Or they have a very small portion of it. Uh, if you own a Bible, you need to thank the Lord for that, and uh, you should speak or soak in uh, the truth that it contains on a daily basis. Let it shape your life. Let it feed your soul. Let it guide your steps. Let it lead you to Jesus Christ. It is the truth, and it's the pages that are uh, on its pages are is life everlasting. So Nate, make the Bible your foundation and stand upon it. Now. There's another aspect of truth here, and that's truth found in the attitude of truthfulness. Not only does truth refer to the content that which, that which is true, but it also refers to the very attitude of truthfulness. Uh, this thought seems to get to the heart of what Paul, I think, is teaching us here. In, in this context, it speaks of an attitude of commitment and preparedness. Uh, it's a primary characteristic of a true believer, of one who serves God out of sincerity, not out of hypocrisy. For this believer, uh, shabby service is not tolerated. But uh, they gather up the loose clothing of their lives and they bind it with a total commitment to the will of God. And so they're enabled to stand. Far too many in our day allow the loose folds of their life to blow around them and hinder their walk with the Lord. And like the ancient soldier whose loose robe would allow the enemy to easily uh, come at them and pull them down in battle, many believers allow the cares of this world to enfold their lives. Uh, their habits and their cares and their interests entangle them and prevent them from faithfully serving the Lord as they should. And so half-hearted commitment is really no commitment at all. Now this is not to be the way a believer lives their lives. In 2 Timothy 2.4, uh, we read there, No man that in warth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. 
Those who are girt about with the truth, those who are true and committed and prepare themselves for battle, they will stand for his glory. And so when we're girded with the truth, it means that we're walking with the Lord in total commitment and dis discipline. A committed Christian is prepared in the day of battle because he has set his heart on the Lord in total commitment. Uh, he's, his, he is true to his profession. Uh, he's disciplined in his walk. And uh, the enemy can't easily trap him, can't defeat him in the day of battle. You know, if uh, there was a time, I know I don't look like much of an athletical person right now, but there was a time I was slim and trim, and I used to run 100-yard dash, and I used to play football, and I used to do all kinds of things. You know, in order to do that, I had to be committed to it. I had to discipline myself. I had to eat right. I had to work out. I had to practice. I couldn't say, well, coach, I don't feel like it today. I think I'll stay home. You know, well, he says, then you're not going to play on Friday then, you know. Uh, but I had to be, had to be committed to it. In Paul's day, they would train their bodies and they would sacrifice everything to win a small laurel wreath, just a small uh, wreath that made out of leaves uh, on, on their head. And that was uh, something that would, would, uh, would perish in, in no time at all. And yet they would train, they would work, they would endure, they would uh, uh, suffer. They would uh, experience de uh, deprivation and all for the hope of winning the praise of men. And for an athlete, there's no guarantee that they'll be successful. You know, uh, if you play in a, in a contest, whether whatever sport it is, there's always going to be a winner. And there's always going to be a loser. There's no guarantee that you're going to be the winner. Unless you compete and you, you commit yourself and discipline yourself. And even as Christians are fighting for something greater than a perishable crown. You know, I, I, I think I've got tucked away some ribbons and maybe some medals that I want in track. I don't even know where they're at right now. But uh, I don't get them out and shine them up every day and say, look, you know, show my wife. Because she's always been impressed with my athletic abilities, you know. And I don't take those medals out and, and shine them up and say, hey, look what I did, you know, 50, 60 years ago. It's really not, not important. But I really worked hard to get them. And uh, so... Again, we're fighting for something much, much more important than those kind of things that we could, we could earn in this life. Uh, at the end of the way, when the battle is over and the noise of warfare is, uh, is lost and the anthems, anthems of his praise and his saying, you were a faithful, true believer, uh, it's going to, as in 1 Corinthians 9 and verse 15, every man that striveth for the mastery is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible. And so every Christian can have his crown, not just one, but it's guaranteed to the faithful saint. 
And if an athlete is going to give everything just to win a, a ribbon or a perishable crown, how much more should we, uh, the redeemed saints of God, sacrifice everything we have to stand for him? How much more should we be faithful and committed and true? And so to, to gird about with the truth is to renew in, be renewed in the mind and absolutely committed to God in our lives. It's to be faithful, true disciple. Uh, as Jesus mentions in Matthew 16, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Uh, it's to be a living sacrifice that Paul wrote about in Romans chapter 12 and verse 2. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. And so it makes truth of God visible. Uh, it's more than just the content of the scriptures, but it's the attitude of truthfulness in our lives as well. It's, uh, it's allowing others to see the truth uh, in our lives. And so to be girt about with the truth means to embrace the truth as it's revealed to us in the Word of God. And that means we live out the truth in our lives day by day. It means we're real, we're genuine. The belt around the Roman soldier's midsection did more than just bind his clothes. The belt provided him stability. Maybe it was a belt that was kind of wide and gave him some stability in his back, you know. Uh, it uh, helped him to stand. And when we embrace the, the objective truth of God's word, and we have the truth being subjective by living it out in our lives, we'll be a hard target for the enemy to take down. And if our church does not stand on the truth and guard the truth and wear the truth as a belt, we'll have, not have a credible witness in our community either. So when... The loins are girt about with truth. We will have taken the first essential piece of the whole armor of God. Now, uh, so, some of us would, would say, well, you know, if I would have wrote this, I wouldn't have started with the belt. I would have started at the top and worked my way down. <laughs> well, that's not the way God intended it. He wanted a, the basis to be the belt of truth. And uh, so many times people are not known for uh, outside their church and local community, and they'll, but they're going to hear the Lord say, well done, at the end of the way. Uh, they were faithful to live their lives for him. They walked in the truth. And so the question is tonight, are you your gir loins girt about with the truth? Are you a faithful and true servant of the Lord? Does your daily walk bring glory and honor to him? And if you've never embraced that truth, the truth of the gospel, that is, and you need to be saved, you need to come to him and let him implant the truth in your soul and change your life. If you're saved, you need to ask him to help you take up the whole armor of God that you might be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. The first piece of equipment is the belt of truth. Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you for your instructions and for your uh your encouragement to us, even in this passage of Scripture tonight. We pray, Lord, that we will be uh, faithful and committed, disciplined, uh, taking time to read the Word of God, to study it, to obey it.
Help us to have the attitude of truthfulness in our lives as well. And if there's someone here that's never trusted Christ, we pray, Lord, that they'll come to that point uh, even tonight where they admit that they're a sinner and they ask you to forgive them their sins, they repent of their sins, and they believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and will be saved. So, Lord, we thank you for this time together, and we pray now that you'll bless our time in prayer as well. In Jesus' name, amen.